Hello out there. We are on the air. Welcome. We got Johnny in the chat already. Look at that. Morning, Johnny. What do we got going on here today? Welcome to the 88 Sats radio channel. We got another one today. Three for three. We're we're rolling here. Um, not slowly trying to get this thing figured out. It's a little bit it's a little bit hard doing this by myself. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, we do our weekly Kingdom podcast every Wednesday night, uh, but I got two co-hosts there, my little brother and a really good uh, childhood friend of mine. So it's a little bit different, but we're slowly getting the hang of this thing here, the live shows. Um, this The daily Bitcoin journey is pretty new. Um, it's, it's basically going to be tailored toward People who are just getting into Bitcoin and don't really have a whole lot of experience yet. They're still picking different things up. And so I thought that this would be a really good way to kind of start from day zero, from ground zero, and kind of slowly progress. Not talking about the price too much, not talking about um, all the technical stuff, but basically why Bitcoin so special and so valuable. And there's many aspects to that. There is, and depending on where you live, what you do, how old you are, uh, Bitcoin really means different things to different people. And so today we're going to be going back to 1971, actually before that. But I had this kind of planned out. And then this morning I saw a, a post on Noster and it's actually two months old and somebody reposted it. So it's from HODL. I think it's American HODL. Uh, but he said nine years in Bitcoin, and it's truly remarkable how much I've learned about history of distributed systems, cryptography, cybersecurity, macroeconomics, geopolit geopolitics, and monetary history. And I'm kind of in the same boat. I didn't really give a shit about any of this stuff before really diving into Bitcoin. So th there is obviously the money aspect of Bitcoin and what that does. Uh, but there's a ton of other things that that go along with it. So, and the last part, he said, all without having much prior interest in any of the subjects, which is the key. So today, today we're going to be talking about money itself. And if you've been to the grocery store lately, <laughs> uh, all I keep seeing online, on Twitter, on Instagram, from my friends and beyond my circle is people noticing how much groceries cost right now and it's not like it's going up slowly like it went from a hundred dollars you know a week to double that or triple that depending on your family size and, and everything else going on so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is what the fuck pardon my language what the fuck happened in 1971 so i got a few different things here to show I'm going to bring it up on the screen and uh, it's very interesting to say the least. So I want to start with this one. Uh, hopefully this is the right one. Yep. So this is from 1971, the cost of living. So a new house cost 25,000 bucks. The average income was about $10,000 per year, which has gone up. 
but obviously not the same magnitude as costs. Uh, you could have got yourself a new car for 3,500 bucks. The average rent, $150 per month. Movie ticket, $1.50. And tuition to Harvard, which is still overpriced, <laughs> $2,600 per year. And bacon, eggs, everything has just shot up since, since then. So we're going to kind of dive into why. And this website, all these, all these graphs and gra um, displays are from a website called WTF Happened in 1971.com. So the second one here, this shows the growth in productivity versus compensation. So from 48 to 72, they're both kind of going up uh, in a similar fashion. And then 1972, it splits. So productivity continues to rise, but wages kind of flatline from there. And I found this, this part, this one to be specifically interesting to me. And it just really shows how big the wealth gap is now and, and what caused it. So on every one of these graphs, it shows the little arrow there. That's 1971. So this blue line, oh, it's not showing, sorry. I got the wrong thing on here. I'm new to this. <laughs> the last one wasn't very important anyways. So I'm gonna have to swap this every time, I guess. Oh no, let's try this. So this is the income growth from 1917 to 2012. And the top, top line there, the blue one, is the bottom 90% of earners. So basically us. The red one is the top 1% of earners. And you can see here in 1971, the 90% obviously has much more uh, share in growth. And then it kind of flatlines and even goes down. From 1972 to 2010, the allocation goes down. Where you can see the red line, the top 1% of earners, it just continues to rise. So the rich getting richer and the poor literally getting poorer. And I'm going to see if this works. Yep. And this is one of the best indicators of inflation is a can of soup. So this one shows the unit per price of a can of Campbell's condensed tomato soup from 19 or 1898 to 2021. So for the first, what, more than just under a hundred years, it's basically flat at about 10 cents per can. And then we got the arrow here, 1971, starts to go up and up and up and basically goes up 10 times to a dollar. <clears throat> And I don't know what a can of soup now is, but I think it's a little bit more than a dollar. And this is just the CPI, Consumer Price Index. I thought this one was interesting because it shows the different wars. And so we got the Civil War, it jumps, War of 1812 jumps, World War One and Two, it shoots up. But then we get to 1970 right here, and it just goes off the chart. Inflation. So everything is costing more. But it also, it also pours into other aspects of life. And these last three charts here kind of show how else it's impacting people, uh, the price of things. 
So this is the incarceration rate of inmates under state and federal jurisdiction per 100,000 population from 1925 to 2014. So again, for the first 50 years of this data, it's basically flat. There's a couple jumps. Looks like it's a war right there, World, World War II. And then it kind of stabilizes. But then in 1970, 1971, the males just shoot up. Females, they're still behaving themselves pretty well. But the incarceration rate shoots up after 1971. The male population in jail just shoots up from 200 per 100,000 to 1,000. So five X's in 30 years. And divorces too. This is another aspect of it. Family. You know, if you're fighting over money all the time, there's a good chance that it doesn't end well. So it's the same thing here. 1950, 60, 70, slowly increasing. But then you get to 1971 and everything just starts to shoot up. So this is the divorce percentage uh, from 1950 to 2016. The red arrow then, again, in 1971. And health. Money impacts our health in the ability to pay for healthy foods. And the problem is that we're, we get everything so cheap now because we don't have the same purchasing power. So the only things that we eat are cheap, imported from China, from other parts of the world. Uh, and so this is national health expenditures compared to U.S. population from 1960 to 2020. So you can see a slow growth in the population. That's a line there. But then the national health expenditures from 60 to 70, and then it just slowly keeps going up. So we're paying more and more for physicians, for healthcare expenses, because we're not close to how healthy we are before our money went to shit. And the last one here, this one was also very interesting to me because I eat a lot of chicken myself. And why do I eat so much chicken? Because it's cheaper than other meats. So you can see here, basically from 1900 to 1965 to 70, um, everything was pretty equal in terms of what people ate for meat consumption. You got pork, beef, and chicken. And it looked like at the time pork was the highest, but then we get to 1971 again, this little arrow here. And chicken shoots up, beef goes down, chicken goes up. And like I said, the reason for that is because chicken is so inexpensive and cheap. I mean, it's we've been told that it's good for you. I don't know the actual facts on it or not, but definitely chicken is the biggest percentage of my diet. And the reason for that is because it's the cheapest. So in, in order to fully understand Bitcoin and why Bitcoin is so important and valuable. Um, it's tough to explain to people, like I said, based on where you are in the world, where you're at in life, um, Bitcoin means different things to different people. And I think seeing something like this in Canada, in North America, that's why people are, are running to Bitcoin right now, because we're seeing the price of groceries 2x, 3x. Like It's actually insane to go to the grocery store right now. And it's not that people can't even afford uh, good food. People are, are 
unable to afford food period the the lines at homeless shelters um the cities that are being just taken over by these camps of homeless people and not only a home but they can't afford to eat so we see crime going up and it, it all kind of ties together because our dollar sucks and so what did happen in 1971 that's the question so a couple things there's three dates that i kind of want to focus on here and the first one is 1913 which was the cre the creation of the federal reserve so this is basically a pub a private entity most people think that it's run by the government but the, the federal reserve is actually a private corporation and they don't have any reserves all they do is just print money based on who needs it and i mean there's more to it obviously but that's their main job is to stabilize the economy with the world's reserve currency the us dollar and so in 1913 that's when they were created on yesterday's show i said that that same federal reserve hadn't been audited in 100 years and that's why that's when it was created it's never been audited 1933 right before uh, going into the Second World War. That's when the government decided that they needed to fund this war. And in order to do that, they needed to confiscate everybody's gold. So at this point in history, we were still on a gold standard. And what that means is basically every dollar in circulation had the same value of gold in the vaults, in reserve. So you didn't have the ability to print money without producing more gold. And so the cost of everything was very low because the government didn't have the ability to print money. They couldn't just go out and fund a war. They couldn't pay to, to keep everybody at home for a, a pandemic. They didn't have the ability to do that because they needed to have gold in reserves in order to issue money. So that was 1933. And then in 1971, which is when everything went to shit. That's when Nixon took the US off of the gold standard. So at that point, everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, but the US had the ability to print as much money as they wanted without actually having anything backing it. That was in 1971, which is what? Almost 50 years ago? No, 52 years ago. And that's how we've been living ever since then in a, in a fiat illusionary world, because our currency is backed by nothing. It's, it's backed by trust in the government. And I think that's been dwindling lately more than ever. So the, the thing here and the key that I really want to focus on is, is not that we need to go to a Bitcoin standard, but we need to have a currency that's actually backed by something that's scarce. In this case, gold worked pretty well. It, it kept costs down. People were healthy. The crime was way down. Um, people were having more kids because they could afford to have more kids. The divorce rates were down. Everything's tied to money. And I think that people are, are feeling that today more than ever before, especially in our lifetime. Um, and so that, you know, I, I think that I'll do a future episode on what would be the best way to back our currency? I think it's Bitcoin just because of the different um, characteristics of it. There's a ton of gold out there. We don't know how much even exists. It's impossible to put a, 
a real hard number on how much gold is out there for supply. Uh, but with Bitcoin, at any given minute of the day, we know exactly how much Bitcoin has been created. And at this point, it's about 19.5 million Bitcoin. And the maximum of that will be 21 million. So we know the supply at any given day, any given time, and we know how much supply will ever exist. So I think that even if people aren't using Bitcoin for a currency, I think that if we backed our currency with something that's scarce, that's fixed supply, I think that all of these charts would start going uh, back down and even lower. Crazy thought, I know, but that's what we're that's what we're here to do. So that that just kind of shows like how how important the money is in terms of our health, family, crime rates. Everything comes back to the money, and I think that that's the main thing that people are missing right now. Everybody's feeling something. They don't know what it is. They think that maybe it's capitalism that's causing the inflation. Greedy corporations are just wanting more profits. No, the the key that everybody's missing right now is the dollar is the problem. And once we fix that, I think that the majority of these issues that we're having right now will actually go away. So that's what I want to talk about today. Um, not a whole lot of highlights to share. The only thing I kind of came across today <clears throat> and yesterday was that there's only 2 million Bitcoin available on the exchanges right now. So yesterday we talked about 70% being um, held on to for the last year. It hasn't moved wallets. And today only 2 million out of 21 million, so less than 10% um, are actually available to purchase on the exchanges. So as we continue going along here, the halving's coming up. I think the supply crunch is really um, what's going to have the biggest impact on, on the price of Bitcoin for the next six months or so. And that is about it, I think. Um, if you're looking for Bitcoin, I've kind of, I forgot to mention this the first couple episodes, but I've been using a service called Bull Bitcoin. And they're a Canadian company, they're a Canadian exchange uh, that allows you to buy Bitcoin through e-transfer, but you can also buy Bitcoin with cash at the post office, which blew my mind and still continues to blow my mind. I don't think our liberal government really understand what's happening there. And I'm sure once they do, they're going to shut it down. But while we can, you can buy uh, non-KYC Bitcoin with cash, Bitcoin that's not tied back to you at the post office using bull Bitcoin. So I'm going to leave my link below. I'm one of their affiliates now officially. And so you can use that link to sign up for an account. And you can get $20, I believe, just for using my link. So 20 bucks free Bitcoin is much more than the majority of people have in, in Bitcoin right now. So that's that. And uh, the shout out for the day, the 88 Sats Radio, I really want to put a focus on um, the network itself. So within 88 Sats Network, we have a bunch of different businesses in this area and outside of the prairies so i'm gonna i'm gonna just briefly talk about one business every episode until i run out so i don't know you know could be 80 episodes it could be more but the one i want to talk about today is a brand new business out of brandon 
and it's called Evo Golf, E-V-O Golf. Uh, I think they have four golf simulators there. They have a really state-of-the-art putting green there, which has all the lasers and the graphics to kind of help improve your putting. Uh, so if you're in the Westman area and you're looking for something to do this winter, uh, check out Evo Golf because they got four screens. It looks like a pretty good place to hang out. They got a bar there, I believe. And uh, it's good to see. It's something that we've been asking for for a lot of years now. And it seems like they're coming in an abundance right now. So we have to get out there and support these local businesses. So that's Evo Golf. I don't know the website, but I'm sure you can find them on Instagram or Google. So we're going to leave it there today. I'll give you a quick glimpse of what I'm looking at right now. I like doing that. Pretty nice morning here. Windy as hell last night, but she's pretty nice. So hope you've been enjoying these shows. Like I said, this, this is um, not going to be overly technical. I want to start kind of from the beginning here and slowly progress for anybody who's interested in learning more about Bitcoin and our money and everything I talked about, uh, geopolitic, uh, geopolitics, all that kind of stuff. So happy to have you here. I appreciate you watching, whether you're here right now on Rumble, YouTube, or Vita. I should check Vita actually quickly, make sure it's working. It is. There you go slowly getting the hang of this thing. <laughs> so anyways, I hope you have a great day. Great Tuesday. Tuesdays aren't my favorite, but we're going to get through it here. So have yourself an amazing day and we'll see you right back here. First thing tomorrow morning. Bye-bye.